welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Podcast, a place of healing and transformation in your relationship with your body, food, and fitness. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury. I'm an intuitive healer and coach and founder of our Confident Feminine Body Program, where I help women build their self-worth from the inside out, free their voice, and love the sexy skin they're in without diets, deprivation, and self-sacrifice. Think of this podcast as your empowering and fun self-love guide, where you'll get real-time advice and tangible tools as we navigate this body and food freedom journey together. Let's dive in. Well, hello, everybody. I am over the moon, falling over myself, geeking out, excited to be talking to Kate Ekman today. She is the author of the Full Spirit Workout and a Columbia University Certified Executive Leadership Coach. And her work is rooted in neuroscience, positive psychology, and whole person coaching techniques. And she is deeply passionate about mindfulness practices for both brain and body health. And she's also a meditation teacher. And I'm so excited to get into this conversation. So Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. I'm so happy to be here with you today and and all of your listeners and viewers. Kate, will you tell us, so you have this new book, The Full Spirit Workout. Will you tell us a little bit of your story and why you felt compelled to write this book? Sure. So I was a competitive swimmer for 17 years and I knew how hard I had to train my physical muscles to compete at a high level. And as I went about my life, like most people, I'm going to call everybody out. uh, I was struggling with self-worth and self-confidence. And I was like most people who put all of my um, worth in the externals, like what, what we look like, how much money we make, how many jobs we're booking, all of, all of those things and the accumulation of shiny objects. And I just realized that was not a sustainable way to live. I always felt overwhelmed and anxious and insecure and exhausted, despite building a pretty successful career and and achieving a lot of things. And and I had massive wake-up calls, losing not one, but two friends to suicide in one year. And it not only was the grief of losing them so tragically and, and shockingly, but also what it brought up in me and, and that, that way of living and I knew I had to come up with a better way of living and really get fit on the inside and not have just that performance confidence that I think we can all dial in for 10 minutes or a day and and pretend, but that unshakable, unbreakable inner confidence that can withstand any storm. And so I really was on a mission and I went back to school and I've, I've studied, like you said, neuroscience and positive psychology whole person coaching techniques and really dove deep into spiritual practices and really came up with this program that helped me shed the self-doubt and and really strengthen my confidence. And then so many of my clients have experienced the same results and and not just achieving in the outer world, which I get, we all want to have nice things. We all want to have careers that light us up and make money and travel the world and, and make an impact. But it's also important that we feel lit up on the inside and have meaning and our lives feel purposeful and fulfilling. So that's how I, I came to the full spirit workout. And I'm just so excited to bring it to the world because I'm the proof that it works. And even I, I meet with people like you and everyone is just reading it and, and really getting some value from it and feeling better and, and having a new way of thinking and, and starting to put the, the, the practices to use. So it's really fun and exciting for me to see. 
Yeah. I was telling Kate before we hopped on here that as I was reading through the book, I told her, I was like, I feel like I could have written this book because I, I feel so deeply aligned with everything you shared. And I felt like you were like reading my soul when you wrote the book, like it was just so powerful. So I know it's going to resonate with so many people. And I think what I want to ask you, cause we, in this circle, we talk so much about self-worth and, and building our connection to self and our worth from within. And so why do you think that we, let's speak specifically to women right now. Why do we as women fall into that trap of needing that external validation or the external sources to know that we're worthy? Yeah. Our society sets us up to fail and whether we realize it or not, we're, we're plugged into societal standards, many of which we don't even believe in, but it's in our subconscious or we're looking around and thinking, Oh, that's what they're doing. I guess I need to have that too, to be happy or to feel worthy, worthy or loved. And it's all a lie, but we've held on to that belief. We picked it up early in childhood, actually, you know, you need to look a certain way. You need to act a certain way. You need to have certain things or men aren't going to find you attractive. Women aren't going to like you. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to be married. And oh my gosh, and you better have children. You're a woman or what are you doing here? And I say that as an unmarried childless woman and, and just even societal pressures that I felt, but, but have, um, chosen not to settle or not to, to go into those standards and really to make my own rules and come up with my own standards of beauty. And so I think that we are just following program programming. I think we're very socialized. And so we have to make the conscious decision to unplug and unsubscribe from that. And all look, we're being bombarded daily with more messages than we even realize about how we don't add up especially as women. And so it is making that conscious effort to tune that out, to turn things off, to sit in what I call my sit and stare time, where I just sit and reflect and process, turn everything off and and connect with this. Not even just my mind. I'm talking about like divine wisdom, that inner wisdom that we can download at any time. That is the truth. That is way smarter than our own mind, which is the ego that wants to tell us how we don't add up bringing that wisdom down into our hearts and into our body and making that our core belief and that our truth. And then taking that wisdom and implementing it with our hands and, and taking the inspired action steps and listening to the voice that says, Hey, why don't you email Elizabeth and, and ask about a strategic partnership? Or why don't you call so-and-so that you met at that event last week and, and partner with them and see how you can uplift the world. So I think the more that we do get practiced at listening to that divine wisdom, the more that we can unsubscribe from the nonsense and the lies and plug into a program and a thought system that actually works for us and makes us feel good and serves us in numerous ways. I love that answer so much. And so you said you have a sit practice. Is that what you said? Sit and be still? Sit and stare. Sit and stare. Sit and stare. Yeah. So tell me about that. Absolutely. So it's for me, it's non-negotiable like eating and sleeping and minimum five minutes a day. I do more like an hour, sometimes an hour at a time. I break it up throughout the day in between meetings or calls, but I just do exactly that. I sit and I stare out the window straight ahead. I actually developed this during lockdown about what 14, can you believe that was 14 months ago? Because 
it, it was, the world was so uncertain and scary and disorienting. And I was just, what is going on? And I, I was writing this book and, and feeling all the sadness around me and had to stay focused and disciplined. And that sit and stare practice saved my butt so many times in terms of productivity, in terms of mental health, in terms of being able to connect with myself and, and also show up for others and support them. The, you know, mothers who are stuck at home homeschooling and having to work. You're my personal hero if you're a parent, first of all, and especially a mother. I, I mean, oh my gosh, I bow down to you. <laughs> mother. I don't know how you get anything done. So thank you. We appreciate you. But I, I think that time is, is spent asking yourself questions like you would to a small child. How are you doing? What's working? What do you need? And if you're feeling extra bold and courageous, tell yourself, great job. I'm so proud of you. I mean, we should be telling ourselves great job. And I'm so proud of you every day. We are navigating a whole new world that is really sick and scary and we don't know, we don't know what's next. And so it's just, you gotta just have faith and build that trust muscle. And I feel the best way to do that is to spend that quiet time alone connecting with yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's interesting because we're in this time of social media and, and consumption. And if we wanna know something, we can Google it or we can, you know, I feel like so many times I'll be in conversation with someone. I'm like, tell me about your trip to the mountains. And they're like, Oh, well, let me find this picture. And I'm like, no, I just want to, I just want to hear your voice. I don't, I don't want to see your picture. Actually. I just want you to tell me about it. And I feel like we're in this, we're kind of in that addiction to consumption of media and all the images. And then we wonder why we're so exhausted and we're so drained. And so, wow, what a practice to just sit, to allow yourself to sit. And I think a lot of people would be like, well, I'm too busy to sit. Right. Or, Girl. Uh, or my brain is too busy to sit. And then what would you say to that? <laughs> Cause I hear that a lot. So I love that you brought that up. And I say, or people is I I'm too busy or I don't have time. And I say, you know what? I don't have time for. I don't have time to be angry. I don't have time to have unhealthy relationships. I don't have time to yell at my loved ones because I'm exhausted and overwhelmed and anxious and stressed out. I don't have time to be miserable. I'm here with gifts and strengths and a purpose as are every single person listening to this. And, and we've got work to do and we don't have time to be taken out by the chaos of the world and all of these limiting beliefs that are constantly trying to make their way to us. And I promise you, when you become practiced at listening and develop this inner practice, you will get more done in half the time. You will show up more inspired and inspiring to others. And, and you'll tap into that power within you that you forgot you even had. And you will discover, wow, I really can do anything that I decide is important enough. I mean, writing and editing this book during a pandemic is the proof for me. There were days I was taken out. There were days I sobbed all day because all these people around me were losing their lives to this virus that came out of nowhere that shut down the world. So I get it. And I get that everyone is busy and distracted. But this is about what kind of life do I want to live? Who do I want to be? And then making the conscious, deliberate, intentional choice to be a person who knows how to sit quietly in a room alone and connect with themselves so that you can show up as the most self-actualized version of yourself and, and actually do what you say you want to do. Let's go.
you got this, but you got to do some work. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, and, and really digging up, like if you are, if you have a story going of I'm too busy or I'm too, or I'm not a person who can meditate, I can't sit or whatever story you have going in your brain. It's like, what is that costing you? You know, what is the cost? As you said, you're not willing to be angry at everyone. You're not willing to be resentful. You're not willing to burn yourself out. Right. And so it's, it's a non-negotiable. It becomes a non-negotiable, just like eating, drinking. For me, one of my non-negotiable practices is I go for a walk every day outside for 30 minutes and it's not to work out. It's a hundred percent for my mental health. And it is a non-negotiable part of my day. And I, and I, and it's sacred to me. And I didn't start at 30 minutes. I started at 15 minutes and I started to work my way up. So I love how you said, start with five minutes. And I also love one of the things you just shared is that you have your eyes open because I mean, I love to meditate and I love to have my eyes closed and, and closing my eyes helps me to come into the present moment and, and, move my awareness from my brain into my body and feel the physical sensations. But I know that that's not accessible for everybody either. And so I'm curious, like with your eyes open, that's, that's a little different than closing the windows and then going in, keeping your eyes open. I'm curious about why you choose to do that or if that feels more accessible to you. Yeah, that's a great question because I absolutely meditate as well. And I, so I, I do both. And as soon as we're done talking, I'm going on my nature walk. So thank you so much for saying that because mine is the same way. It's not about high intensity. I got to get my, it's even some, some days it's, you're really grumpy. You're going to walk until you're not grumpy. (laughs) Or it's just like, you're really judging that person. Maybe it's yourself. You need to go walk that out or even just I am absolutely exhausted. Walk around the block. It's just, it really is, it's energy in motion. So you're just, you're switching the energy. I, I did it earlier today. I had 10 minutes and I'm like, I am exhausted. Go walk, said hi to somebody. And you're just, you're changing your energy. But what I like about the sit and stare, I think it's for some people who are a little intimidated by, or don't feel that they're competent at meditation, which all you have to do is just sit and breathe. I promise you just start there. Just sit, close your eyes, focus on your breath. That's it. Um, but with the sit and stare, I think it's a, it's less pressure. I started it with some of my clients where they can just, you're just sitting and just, and what's coming to mind without judging it, without trying to control and letting things just pass through. And sometimes I will even ask a question, Hey, what do you think? And I'm asking spirit, Hey, what do you think I should do about this situation? And just, and again, we're becoming practiced at listening, listen to what you're getting. And I think some people he actually are practiced at listening. They just don't like what they're hearing. They don't li- like, oh, I'm hearing that I need to leave this relationship. Ooh, that's going to be uncomfortable. I know I need to end this, but then what? Or I have to start over or, oh yeah, I know I need to leave Chicago and go to Denver, but I don't know. I'm comfortable here, whatever it is. But so I think it's then being open to what you're hearing without judgment and, and maybe trying that on for size and being willing to stretch your comfort zone, because that's when life gets really juicy and you expand and grow into the person who can achieve your goals. And so tell, tell me your reflection about being in your comfort zone versus getting out of it and kind of where, where you want to be, where you want to be living life from. 
Yeah. So a lot of people have a hard time stretching their comfort zone because it's, it's comfy. We're comfy in our comfort zone, right? So you have to look at it though, as just this arbitrary boundary that we've created in our minds based on fear And, and you can stretch it or step out of it at any time and know that when you do, when you do take the risk, when you're willing to show up in a different way or leave the relationship, take a new job, finally start whatever it is. I I can't make up what everyone needs to to stretch, but the universe will help you. You can co-create with the universe. And I I talk in the book about leaving LA. I never thought I'd leave LA. I moved to Chicago. The climate change alone was really unsettling. And I left my job. I was trying to make things work with a boyfriend. And, you know, I even say in the book, I'm like, this isn't the part of the story where I tell you I love Chicago and I married the love of my life. You know, I didn't love Chicago. I ended up ending things with this beautiful, incredible man. But then I, I, I got my journalism degree at Northwestern. And so I, you know, romantic love sadly ended, but my love for journalism and storytelling and this whole beautiful career that I've had really started there. And, and I sold my house in LA the, to this day, still the highest rate, the highest, um, whatever they call it and the inflation and the U S real estate market. And so it was like winning a lottery ticket. I sold the highest week on history and, that's an example of the universe really stepping up to assist me when I was willing and daring and brave enough to make this move, even though I, six months, six months prior, I never thought I would ever leave LA. So I think everyone has that story. And if you're really honest with yourself, you see how you grew, you saw some benefits and some blessings that came from making that decision and know that you will be supported by God, universe, angels, whatever you believe in, but also the people around you and you can ask for support, but don't you look back and just think like, gosh, I can't imagine if I didn't do that, I would have never met Elizabeth or I would have never met that person. And you just think of how you look back and think, gosh, I'm so glad I took that risk. And, and, and research shows that when we are a little bit anxious and uncomfortable, that's actually when we perform at our highest level. So you really get to tap into your full potential rather than utilizing just a small fraction of it. And I think that's a good reminder is when we're getting that discomfort, it's a, it's a reminder that we are growing and it's an opportunity and it's okay. You know, I think there's that fear that comes up of, well, can I be trusted? And well, what if I don't know if I'm doing, you know, doing the right thing and, and questioning ourselves. And to your point, I think the more that we can listen and then we can honor our body's divine wisdom it's going to, it's going to that muscle. And that's why I love how it's like full spirit workout and your analogy there. It's like you build that muscle and it gets stronger and it's all through a practice and that there's no perfect way of doing it. I think sometimes it's like where we start to beat ourselves up, like, well, I'm just not good at that. Or I'm, I'm doing this thing, but it's not working out the way I thought. Right. And so it's, there's a level of like trusting, listening and letting go of it needing to look a certain way too. Yes. And, and, and letting yourself off the hook and taking the pressure off. That's not what the full spirit workout is. This is about going within. This is more about stillness rather than striving to make this happen or have to do this or force and control. No, this is about going within and and getting still and becoming the men and women who can achieve our goals. And, and the full spirit is just bringing your, your power and your presence and that authentic truth to everything that you do and to everyone you meet. It's showing up like you mean it, whether it's 30 seconds, that's all you can do that day. And you're sitting, stare meditation, 
or it's, you know, all day, but it's showing up like you mean it, like you've got something to say, not being so timid, but being more bold and courageous and the trust muscle that that's building your confidence. Confidence stems from the words to trust. So trusting in yourself and, and each other, your team, your family, your organization, but also trusting that there is this force way bigger than us working behind the scenes at all times, whether you believe it or not. And so leaning into that trust, you know, doing your best, giving it your all, and then taking your hands off the wheel and releasing and, and surrendering and, and dwelling in that, that place of trust and that sit and stare time or, or the, these mindful minutes will really help you get there. But take baby steps. You don't have to do it all on the first day. Again, this is not about beating ourselves up. This is the opposite. This is really connecting with ourselves. And when we're connecting with ourselves, we are talking to ourselves more kindly and, and treating ourselves with more love and respect. I, f- I feel like there's two different layers. It's like the, the self-worth because in order to feel confident and in order to trust ourselves, we have to feel worthy of of just being who we are. And, and I love how you write about that. The worth your worthiness is not from, from doing a thing or being a certain thing or being a role. It's not about any of the external. It's just innately like who you are as a being. So there's, there's that piece, but then I love how you're saying, and it's all connected to the source divine energy. And so if someone is listening and they are, maybe they can intellectualize the worthiness piece, but the divine source, spiritual energy, maybe that sounds good to them, but they've never felt it or they, they're not sure, or they're, they don't know if they're being led by the divine. Like how, how do people take that first step on their spiritual journey? If they're wanting to deepen their relationship with source or deepen their trust of leaning into that energy? Great question. I, I think two things. One, be willing. Say, I, I, I don't believe or I, I don't get it. I don't see. I don't feel. I don't hear whatever, wherever you are. And but are you willing, you know, there's a spiritual principle that says our good intentions are not enough. Our willingness is everything. So I don't believe, but I'm willing to believe I'm, I'm willing to receive divine guidance. I'm real. I'm willing to listen and be shown the way and, and, and receive some guidance from my highest self, whatever language you want to give to it. And I think if you are feeling stuck, do what you and I are committed to doing, go for that walk in nature. When you, I mean, you're in a beautiful part of the country, Denver, whenever I'm in nature, I, I, cause I have a friend, a very close friend and colleague who doesn't believe in God, who doesn't believe in a higher power, but he says, I believe in nature. And I say, great, because nature is divine in that. Think about it. The grass isn't out there like, I got to grow taller than the blade next to me. And here's my whole plan and strategy. And I got to get more Instagram likes and follows. The grass just grows. It's, it's effortless. The sun is up there shining bright. It's not concerned with the clouds. It, it's not in competition with the rainbow. It's not, you know, trying to be cooler than the moon. Everyone's existing in their big, glorious way. Think about the intelligence that turns an embryo into a baby that turns an acorn into an oak tree. This is divine intelligence, whatever you want to believe in, but you have to admit that that is happening. So I think be like the flowers then, and just allow yourself to grow at your own pace. 
you're not in competition with any of the other beautiful flowers around you. You're all glorious in your own way. Survive in the elements as you know how. And I think just do that. And when you walk in nature, plenty of people who don't believe in God or a higher power, they feel something when they're in the mountains or they're by the the ocean and they're, or they're looking at the stars, something powerful comes over them. So I, I invite people to start there. And this isn't about, I'm not telling anyone what to do. It's just more like, just thought you'd like to know my meditations really help you connect deeper with yourself. Cause I am taking you on a journey within and, and maybe just, just be open, just be willing. You never know what's going to come through for you. And I think that's been my experience with people who don't want to go there. Aren't believing that if they're willing, then they're like, wow, I, I felt something. I don't know what it was. Cause it's not about it. We don't care about labels. We, we don't need, you don't have to call it anything. I think just being willing to, to feel deeply, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. And, and being curious. I yeah. like, I, as you were talking, I'm, it's like, you're describing a curious person, a curious person is open and they're allowing, you know, it to unfold for them. And I also loved when you were talking too about how even in a spiritual journey, we might feel tempted to compare our spiritual journey to someone else's. Maybe I see a spiritual or an intuitive healer. And I'm like, I, I'm not like that. How could I be more like that instead of, so that is when I say that, what am I doing? I'm resisting what is present, who, who I am. I'm, I'm pushing down the truth of, I'm kind of saying what I am isn't enough. I want that over there. And then we strive for that and we stress ourselves out and we, we disconnect. Well, as you were talking, I think, cause even people were like, well, what's even a spiritual practice, but I'll tell you what isn't a spirit, spiritual practice is comparison. For example, getting on Instagram or seeing someone else and thinking, well, I, I have to do it that way. Even with this book launch and uh, there was another author and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's done 30 posts pre-launch. And I, I had a moment and there's that moment where you think, wow, I could really go down. Cause I talk about in the book too, curious brain versus anxious brain. My anxious brain was like, Oh, you should be doing more posts. This is, and then I quickly went into curious brain and I said, you always do things your way. You can do your book launch your way and you can, you're doing what feels right for you. It doesn't feel right to me to post about it every day for 30 days. I find that annoying and obnoxious and that's nothing against that person. For me, it's too much. And so I, I was doing, I leaned into what felt good for me and how I choose to do it. And so I think too, if you're struggling with a spiritual, maybe just, maybe your spiritual practice is getting off Instagram for an hour and, and focusing on collaboration and community and connection on Instagram versus comparison. So when you're in comparison or judgment, shame, blame, fear, not a spiritual practice. So even if you could just shut that down or shut that mentality down for five minutes, great. You did your spiritual practice that day. You connected to yourself rather than all the stuff that's trying to take you out. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's the curiosity can come into play with how, if I'm consuming something, like I'm consuming Instagram, how do I feel after I'm on that app? Okay. Wow. I just, I, I, you know, I did this the other night and it's, it's all a journey, right? But I had put my kids to bed, I was so tired. I was so excited that they were finally in bed so I could have some peace and quiet. And what did I do? I sat down on my bed and I was like, I'm just going to look at Instagram really quick. 
And I went down the rabbit hole for like 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. And I was like, I can't get that time back. And then I was looking at the clock and I'm like, I have an hour before I want to go to bed now. And, and it's, and I share that because I think sometimes too, when, when people are listening and they're, they're hearing from, from experts, it's like, it's so important to know that this is a practice for all of us. And Kate, I love how you shared like this book launch, like you, you wrote about this, you embody it, you practice it every day. And yet life is going to keep happening and you're going to have opportunities because you are stepping out of your comfort zone. You are playing in a bigger, bolder way. And when you do that, you're going to keep bumping up against the, that, that voice of saying, oh, well, she's doing it this way. Should I be doing it that way? And I think what I'm witnessing in you and in me is that I think the power is observing it and then being able to shift out of it quickly versus yes. kind of getting mindlessly trapped in that where you're in that energy for weeks at a time. And then you've, you know, you've lost months or years of your life versus now I feel like once you build that muscle, you can identify it and you can shift it really quickly. Absolutely. As I like to say, observe, don't absorb. And, you know, our society tells us we need all these shiny objects and all this money and all these things to be happy or worthy or anything. And, and what research shows is that all of that doesn't move the needle on our well-being. It doesn't increase it. What increases our well-being are things like social connection. So what we're doing right now, I feel so lit up because we're connecting socially, time affluence, acts of kindness and service, sleep, exercise, moving your body on our walks, like we were talking about. And so I think there's this notion too, well, well, I'll be happier once I make $200,000 a year. Once I get the hot spouse, once I look a certain way, once I get the big car, the ha- like the house, every, everything, the big house and the car, maybe you're, maybe you want a big car. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying, but what will actually increase your well-being more than even a mansion or the money is getting off of social media. And so that's something you want to increase your well-being starting right now and feel like you won the lottery, get off of social media, go do something kind for someone, connect with someone, call up a friend and invite them on a walk and connect with them face to face in a meaningful way. And it, it sounds so simple because it is, this is a lot of training and, and unlearning from society. And yeah, I do my own practices every day. I think there's this notion like, oh, well, you wrote the book or, oh, you've reached a certain level of success. You don't have to do this stuff anymore more. And I think of Tom Brady, who we're the same age. We are both big 10 athletes at the same time. He's still winning super bowls and my knees hurt when I go to Pilates. And what that says to me is Tom Brady trains harder than anyone, not because he's the worst, but because he's the best. So it is asking yourself, what kind of results do I want? What kind of life do I want? And, and, and just taking that starting with five minutes a day and starting to do these practices and inviting this in and inviting this way of thinking in, and you will watch your life transform. And then like physical exercise, you'll start to feel those endorphins. You'll start to crave these inner practices and you'll do them every day. And then, I mean, things that are, that people who are emailing and calling me now are things I was striving so hard for years ago when I was still in that rat race. And now by becoming this person, people email me, people call me. So this stuff works. If you do, I'm here to tell you, and it's just, it's, it's a much more ease and flow and alignment way of living. And I just, 
I can't invite people in enough. You know, it is, it is like working out your personal trainer can't do the sit-ups and push-ups for you. That's on you. But then you get to experience the results of just fee- feeling more confident and, and optimistic and resilient. And, and you get the cumulative effects and benefits and that, that will keep you going. Yeah. And, and it's not mainstream too. I want to reflect that to you. Right. Like, and I know the opposite of mainstream. Yeah. Opposite of mainstream. Like what we are taught as a society is that toxic masculine energy of like overwork, overperform, over deliver, you know, like goal, goal, goal. And not that goals are bad, but, but what I'm hearing you say is this way of operating is from that divine feminine energy and the divine masculine, right? Like we need both. We, we all have both energies in our bodies and it is, it's almost like a rebellious way to live, right? Like, like when you're talking, I'm like, yes, we are the rebels. We're like, I want to have ease in my life. Like, yes. Versus the people are like, well, I work 80 hours a week and I'm so freaking tired. And I mean, I feel like, I feel like exhaustion is a badge of honor in our society, like busyness, stress. It's like, what if we celebrated what you're saying? Like, what if we celebrated this way of operating of, wow, you get together with a girlfriend and you share, I had this intuitive hit and I listened to it and this is what happened. And I'm so excited for all the things that are going to happen versus this other road on the highway, which is just the mainstream way of thinking. And so it's like, it's kind of rebellious, right? It is. I love that you say it like that. And I, I think if you're stuck in a place like, oh, well, this seems hard. I, I, I just invite you into a reframe and it starts with, you can shift everything with two words. What if, so what if this wasn't hard? What if this was easy? what if I have everything I need to live this way and experience these kind of results and, and true fulfillment and meaning in my life? What if I have all these people around me to support me? What if I know that I can't fail? I just have to show up, do my best and have fun and forget the rest. And so even just saying that instead of this is so hard, I'm so exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. I'm just, I'm going to throw in the towel before I even start. Cause I just, Oh, what if this was easy? So just even right now, whatever some situation, I think of an upsetting email I got, for example, and it's, what if this is helping you grow? What if this is showing you how you don't want to be? What if it's time to let this person fall away and release them with love and invite a new friend into your life? And now you have this space to befriend Elizabeth or whatever it is and start to look at it that way. And you'll just, you'll start to notice how much better you feel. And, and it just works like, like this stuff works, whether you believe it or not. So I, I choose to believe it <laughs> right? because I love that. Yeah, I, I choose to believe it. Cause I've been shown so many times and now I go with it. I just go with it. I think sometimes in life we we're striving for things and we, and we get to them. Let's say it's a college degree, right? we strive. We're so focused. We're like, I just got to get to the graduation date. To your point, this happiness is in this future date. I just got to get there and you graduate. And what do you do? You celebrate for like five minutes and then moving on to the next thing. Right. And so it's like, we're in this little rat race. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll pick up there. I love that. I love dogs. So I'm going to, I'm going to take over. You know, what I've learned Elizabeth is that anything in the outside world can offer, offer us temporary happiness at best. So I'm sure everyone has experienced this. Maybe you're not even aware, but 
you get the car, you get the contract, you get the relationship, you get the, the body that you want, you get the whatever the thing is. Everyone has their thing and you're happy. I'll give you that. You're happy for about 15, 20 minutes. And then it's on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And, and research shows that too. the people that just want to make, they're like, I'll be happy when I make six figures a year. So they get that hundred thousand dollar salary. And then instantly almost they're not happy again. Their happiness level doesn't increase unless they make 250 a year and on and on and on. And, and science shows that our brains get used to stuff. So you can, you see it. And, and the celebrity culture, they have 15 cars and it's still not enough. They got to get a 16th and 17th car. And that's because our brains get used to stuff. And that's why it's a trap. And you have to again, unplug from that. And, and your true happiness is going to come from within. And, and the real goal then becomes the attainment of inner peace and having that wisdom to know the difference, because I've been that person and, and you, and you get all this stuff. And then, and then you sit there and you think, and I'm still not happy. And, and I work with so many extremely accomplished businessmen and women and professional athletes. And that's the question they're always asking themselves. I've done everything that society says I should be immensely happy and I feel so unfulfilled and my life lacks meaning what's up. So it's a, it's, I am happy that they're there, that we can start exploring that, but it's sad because they're seeing the trap and they were fortunate enough to acquire and accumulate and get and achieve everything. And, and it's still not enough. And that's because they place their worth outside of themselves. If you were to describe a feeling of worthiness, mm. how, how would you describe it? Mm. It's that calm confidence where no one can knock you over or take you out of your game. You're just so firmly grounded and planted and in love with who you are, not because of anything you're doing, but just because you are here. <laughs> it's, it's, you're worthy because you are, you're valuable and loved because you are. And so for me, it's, it, that's why I do the sit and stare because in those moments when I'm fully present, I, I am in tune and in touch with that and not, nothing else matters. So sometimes I wish I could stay in that space forever, but that's why it is good to go there and, and be reminded and, and reminding ourselves every day, just like you have to eat and sleep every day. This is a practice you need to commit to every day to remind yourself because the world out there, everything outside of you is telling you the opposite message. But when you get in and get clear there and you'll get taken out, I get triggered. I have bad days. I'm not going to pretend I don't, I get knocked off my, my game, but then I come back to center a lot more quickly. And it's like, oh, wow, you were taken out. And so then that shows us, you know, our own limits and where we still need to heal. It's like, wow, you still are triggered by that person when they say this, what's up and doing some work there. So that then whatever comes at you, you're like, I'm, I'm good. And you're going to have your human moments. Of course, uh, none of us are without the, the struggles and, but you're going to, you're going to experience it in a whole different way. And then how great that some little thing or email or comment or whatever, isn't going to take you out and ruin your day. As I like to say, when, when you see the anger, Trump anger train coming, you don't have to get on board and you're not going to want to get on board the anger train or the comparison train or the judgment train anymore. Cause you're like, I don't like where that train's going. Like I'm trying to go to the beautiful beach. I'm trying to go to the, the beautiful place and have my glass of Prosecco and my good meal. I'm, I'm not trying to go to that other place. Right. Yeah. 
embodying it yourself and then trusting that it's going to keep attracting the friendships, the relationships, the work that is going to be in alignment with your truth. So you're not just on the train by yourself, but you have a community. Yes. It was, it was Martin Luther King Jr. Who said on your journey, mighty companions will join you. And I love that. And being open to those mighty companions, because maybe when you start making some of these shifts, start making different decisions, some things, people start to fall away, which is great when you grow, as I say, be prepared to outgrow a lot of people. And then you're inviting in the new, the new energy perspectives and the people who are, who are going to help you and support you genuinely on your journey. And being like, I'm open to like every, every day, I'm just like, I'm open to new mighty companions joining me and this, this collaborative effort and this sense of community and belonging instead of fear and competition. And rah. so this is a, another byproduct and it is, and I, I'm having that. I love that visual because I'm on that train too. And I'm like, Ooh, I can't wait to get there. And we're, you know, we're going on this vacation and life just is going to feel a lot more better when, when we're getting on that train. Yeah, Absolutely. I feel like you and I could talk and hang out forever, forever. But you need to close. So first of all, I want to thank you for your time, your wisdom. I know so many people will be served and inspired and reconnected hopefully to their innate worthiness and to close. Will you share with everybody where they can find your book? If they want to find out more about you, um, where can they go? Yes. Uh, thank you again for having me. You are just, I'm giving you a big energetic hug around my computer. You're just my long lost sister. And I, I was telling, telling Elizabeth before, isn't she, she just needs belongs in a old Hollywood glamor movie. So that's in your few, I'm putting that out there for you, but to learn more about the book, I'd, I'd love for you to pick up a copy and, and read it and, and connect with me. It's the full spirit workout.com. And then I'm Kate Ekman.tv. Oh, you have the book. You look it's so right here. It. Oh, it looks so good with you. I love it. Yeah. I love the cover of the book, by the way. I know a lot of people are listening, so they can't see. So you're just going to have to get it. And that is my 12 pound poodle, Albert barking. He would, he really wants to be on our podcast. So, um, but yes. So Kate, where else can you say the websites one more time? Yes. The full spirit workout.com and Kate Ekman, E-C-K-M-A-N.tv and Kate Ekman on social. I'd love to connect with you there and let's be in community and collaboration together and support one another. And I hope you'll work out with me. There's no sweating required. So it's a really fun workout and, and it's really going to make a difference in your life because it's made such a difference in, in my life. And it really, it is a life resource book as this man, I was on his show the other day and he said that and he said, I'm going to steal that because that's what it really is. It's a life resource book. And I turn to it again and again, because it, it is a practice and, and it does feel good. And my life works so much better when I take my own advice and I'm sure yours does too. <laughs> yes. We all teach what we want to learn and embody. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you all for being here. We will see you next time. Thank you. I'm Elizabeth Marbury, and I want to thank you for listening and hanging out with me today. Join our free community of brave soul sisters who are crushing it on their journey to body love and food freedom by going to confidentfemininebodygroup.com. That's confidentfemininebodygroup.com. 
and be sure to download my free gift while you're there. I'd also love to hang out with you on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Elizabeth Marbury. I am sending you so much love today and always. See you next time. Thank you.